Welcome to another episode of the New Slave Podcast. We are here to inform, entertain, and curate an evolutionary media experience. I am Danny Ray, a.k.a. the Juice Queen. Breaker, breaker, two, one, breaker, breaker. It's your man, Savvy Hugh, a.k.a. the Corporate Trap God, a.k.a. the new Speaker of the South, a.k.a. Savvy Zulu the Guru, a.k.a. Play With Your Mama, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. Mr. Tell It Like It T.I. is. And on that note, I got my sister in crime with me, Danny Ray, and we're about to cook, so let's go. So listen, on this podcast, we plan to incite you with opportunities of self-reflection by examining our actions and reactions in the world that seeks to neglect or disregard us and or disregard us. <laughs> Life is not what happens to you and I, it's just how we react to it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yo, before we get into it today, so it's no nigga wake up call. We just want to put that out there um, like we normally do. And, you know, we just want to let y'all know, hey, you know, we missed y'all. You know, we know we've been out for a couple of weeks or whatever. So some stuff been going on. You know what I mean? Life stuff been happening or whatever. But we ain't forgot about y'all. And then we've also had some time to kind of rethink our approach to bring y'all bigger and, and greater content. So thanks for rocking with us. If you're still with us and uh, all our new folks, you know, thank y'all for joining us. Um, so make sure you um, do the three things because we got a DTN. We got to do these numbers. Hit the like button. Instead of saying drop a comment, I want to tell y'all to share Share the content. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And hit that subscribe button, you know, for your folks or whatever. Right. So we can uh, defeat this new slave mentality that's going on out there in the world. If you like anything you see us rocking or that's behind us, you know, make sure y'all hit up HughRepublic.com. And this show is brought to y'all by the Pod Network, Pod Platform. Make sure y'all check us out and keep supporting all the shows that's on the network. Shout out to our other shows, uh, Gentleman's History Hour. You know what I mean? So we got some more content coming for y'all, you know, each and every week. So. Without further ado. And listen, when you comment, and we kind of go back and forth in the comments, because I know I noticed y'all been kind of coming for me, and it's cool. I'm with it. You know, I want all the smoke. But what would be really helpful in those moments is to, if you shared it and then kind of put what you think about what you're sharing so that you can kind of entice other people to come and be a part of the conversation. That would be really, really dope, because I love to get different perspectives. I think that's how we all grow. So... Yeah, share it for sure. That's important. Yeah, feedback makes it makes it all work, man. You know, it makes us better. It makes uh, the content better for y'all. You know what I mean? And it helps us with the algorithm. Yeah. So on that note, man, let's get into today's topic. Uh, we're going to do two topics today. No nigga wake up call, but we're going to do two topics or two related topics. Okay. So it's been a lot going on uh, with uh, Primetime, a.k.a. Coach uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State University. Um, so he got a job offer to go and coach for Colorado which is a PWI. Jackson State University is a HBCU. Shout out to our HBCUs. Um, we are a HBCU um, supported, supportive uh, brand and, and, and platform. All you know day. what I mean? So all day long. So, um, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of controversy around um, Coach Prime's decision to take the new job mm. at Colorado. Do you have any, you know, initial thoughts on that, Ms. Danny Ray, the Juice Queen? Listen, um, money talks. And you know what walks. So hmm. I think at the end of the day, like, I'm grateful that he came to Jackson State University. And I think that um, everybody has freedom to choose, right? His kids went to HBCUs. Like, we know where his heart lies. We, I don't think we, you know, should question, like, is he for um, black, you know, historically black universities? And, you know, if he has supported them. I mean, he's paid college tuition. I think three kids have gone to HBCU. I know, you know, a couple of them for sure. Um, I, that's where his dollars have gone. And I think what he did for Jackson State was dope. I think that, um, 
you can, money is big money elsewhere, and and it's not. It may not even be a permanent move. You know, it's kind of like he needs the experience. And I think if he's able to go to Colorado and turn their situation around, it will speak volumes to um, who he is as a coach. I mean, some of us are already aware of who he is and his abilities, um, but there are some naysayers and you know some doubters out there. So I kudos for him for making a decision and going where the money resides because <laughs> I just can't be mad at that. Like I cannot be upset with that decision from what I hear. Uh, Colorado hasn't been good in a very long time. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think like that's amazing. Like again, if he can go up there and do some miraculous things, then we nobody should have any more questions. Uh, I agree. I mean, uh, and that's the thing. Like, you got to give stuff time to to play out, right? So this could be a long term strategic play, yeah. Uh, for Dion, like she said, um, you know, he might be kind of figuring out another way to kind of redirect and uh, kind of bring attention, you know, to you know our communities. Right. You know what I mean? So, and usually those top programs is mostly dominated by black players anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he'll have influence not only at a big school, uh, whatever, but still he's going to be touching, you know, some of our youth, if not, you know, uh, a majority percentage uh, as far as the players mm-hmm. uh, on the team. But I mean, my initial thoughts about just the whole conversations that are going back and forth, because I hadn't really like sat back and kind of assessed the whole thing. But one thing I hate, and I think it's new slave mentality is when people are counting somebody else's pockets. So um, that is like if we had if we we should just do a list of like new slave mentality, like mm. like a whole hierarchy of like, mm. from, you know, the top. I think that would be like at the very, very top. In fact, it kind of coincides with the whole crap in the bucket mentality. Right. It's, it's this perception that somebody has it better than you and then clawing at them, you know, to pull them down. And I think that is like. The most, that's the greatest threat to people of color today is this whole like perception of what somebody else Man. got going Oof. on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm. focus on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have things that you need to do, right? You can't hate on the next person because you don't know what they're doing in their free time. Yeah. You, know, you don't know if they have free time. Yeah, that's know? my thing. Like, how you know, like, people are, like, commenting as if they know, like, how much, you know, resources, how many assets, you know, what his assets look like, what his portfolio looks mm-hmm. like. People don't know what, like, when you get to a certain level, you know, the average person has expenses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you get higher and higher up, that doesn't mean your expenses stay the same. That means you probably have more people to, to look after, yep, more people take to take care. care of. More people are relying upon you for mm-hmm. their their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize the significance of other people relying on you. Long term. Long term yes. for their livelihood. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, um, you know, so this man got a new job offer, um, which is, to my understanding, 10 times, 10x his salary. Shout out to my boy Rob J on um, 10x. But 10 times his salary. I don't know how many people would, would turn that. down, you know, a new opportunity to get to make 10 times what they're making um, currently. Right. Um, but but it's easy to sit back and count somebody else's pockets and say, oh, well, he's already rich. Mm. And, and let me be the first. To, uh, let me be emphatically clear about this. Fame does not equal wealth or does not equal huh. being rich. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Uh. And I think we should have gotten that lesson by now because there's a lot of people with a whole lot of Instagram followers and they mm. making no money. Right, just because you have a platform, just because you have a spotlight or whatever, that does not mean that your dollars are matching what your spotlight is and what your actual value is. So um, I think we need to be careful about 
automatically jump into the assumption mm-hmm. that because somebody has made a lot of money mm-hmm. or, you know, or is in a certain light, a public light, that they automatically have it like that. So, and you know, I just, this is my thing. Like, we should just be really slow to um, make judgments when you see a brother like, like Deion Sanders, who has every time you see a clip, it's like positive content. He's saying something positive or motivating or inspiring, right? So it's like, why not champion this person? You know what I'm saying? Regardless to the decision he makes about, you know, his career, look at what he has done, you know, and how motivating he is and how many, you know, kids he's helped. Like, he's been consistent. So, like, let's, you know, be happy for that. Let's be happy for the brother that he's, you know, well, he's, he's, he's created a platform of positivity. Yeah, no doubt. And my thing is, like I always tell people, man, this is a business. The industry that he's in is a big business. And you can't take none of it personal. As I like to say, uh, one of my favorite acronyms is DTIP. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. And so... um. So he made a decision, um, a business decision. The only thing I would take away from Dion is that I think some people have the perception um, from his first, you know, year or two at Jackson State that he was there for the long haul, that you know he was there for that cause indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And so you got That's why you got to be careful with kind of when you're, you know, when you have a mission, when you're um, kind of speaking about okay, mm-hmm. what your plans are and stuff like that. Because I think some people had the expectations that yeah, he was gonna ride this thing all the way, you know, to the wheels fell off. You know what I mean? What I'm saying though, like that might have been the intent, intent. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like. In order for you to keep growing, you constantly have to change your environment. You constantly have to change your circumstances. You can't grow in the same spot. So, you know, that's not to say he won't come back. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the end and be all. We don't know what other moves he may make, you know. But he has a process, and he's growing, and he's evolving. I think it's selfish for us to be like, no, you should definitely stay in one spot. Um, because you, sh- and I, I think it's more so as like this idea of like, he's like going towards the money versus continuing to help at HBCU. Right. And it's just like, that's what you would do. Yeah, what, what if he could get the resource, <laughs> what if he can get access to resources in Colorado that he could redirect to HBCUs? Like you said, th- people talk a lot of stuff about, um, you know, what, you know, what side they stand on with certain things and, and what they would do or what they're about or whatever. But to me, nothing matters until you put your dollars into it. Mm. There's no vote that's more important than your, your damn dollar. Mm. Hmm. And this man that put dollars into HBCUs through yep. his th- through his kids already, right, you know right. what I mean? So, and who knows what he and would be able to do to be able to donate mm-hmm. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards. And secondly, new slave mentality. If we're going to hold Dion to certain standards, we got to hold everybody to that. Yep. Just all people, keep keep that same energy. And not only yeah. for people that are famous and that are in the spotlight, but even for your own folks. Hey, you know, we got a lot of black businesses out here, you know yeah. what I mean, that... um. That people are not really checking for, or yeah. they're just kind of writing off without even giving them a try. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so, I mean that. I'm sorry, I'm on the soapbox right now no, because it touched the spot. <laughs> right, we get it. Yeah, but but um, we, we're all there. Any, I think anyone who's a minority entrepreneur is right there with you. Like we definitely understand. Um, but even more so, I was just sitting here thinking, like, you know, when we tear down somebody from our community that's doing great things and who has reached back and and done things for us because we don't like a decision that we make or they make or our perception of how they're moving. It really is a, a bad look because in almost, in most cases, 
make them be like, could make them be like, man, fuck it. I try to do stuff for the black community. I don't appreciate it. Like, you put them in that whole state. So, like, mm. I, I really don't like this negative energy that's, you know, from us towards him because the last thing I would want him to do is just be like, you know, you know, have a sense of us being ungrateful. Mm. Yeah. 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 And he's done a lot, man. And um, yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him continue that and stay there longer. I like just like anybody else or whatever. But I understand the nature. It is a business. And this man does have a livelihood. He has, you know, a family and probably other people outside of his, you know, actual immediate family that he takes, you know, he takes care of. You know yeah. what I mean? So as I always say, DTIP. And on that note, y'all, we're going to be right back. Um, this is New Slaves Podcast. I'm Savvy Hugh. And I'm Danny Ray, a.k.a. The Juice Queen. And we'll see y'all in a minute. Welcome back to another edition of the New Slaves Podcast. I'm Savvy Hugh. And I'm Danny Ray, a.k.a. The Juice Queen. And here we are again with another topic. You know what I mean? We got to get into it today, y'all. Um, y'all saw the, you know, the first segment was about Deion Sanders. But, you know, there's always a, a, a bigger, higher issue, you know, mm. uh, a more underlying issue if you want to call it, um, when it comes to certain topics like these. And that is the really kind of the crux of what, uh, of what New Slaves podcast is about. Yeah, we address certain things that are going on in current events and, mm -hmm. and hot topics, but mm -hmm. we want to get underneath that. You know, we yeah. want to really understand, like, kind of what's the psychology behind it and kind of how can we move our community forward or move the conversation forward right. when it comes to these things. And ultimately, we want to, you know, eradicate New Slave mentality. Indeed. And so today we're going to talk about HBCUs, or the dynamic of going to an HBCU versus a PWI. Mm -hmm. like, like, who gets to talk about, you know, whatever shortcomings um, that HBCUs might, you know, have as far as the perception that they might have? You know, what are their purpose? Uh, what are the purposes of HBCUs? And, and as it stands, you know, um, a lot of people, you know, this actually has gained a lot of, you know, traction in the last year or two, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of like the, the spotlighting and highlight of, highlighting of HBCUs. I mean, a lot of people, I know we talked about Deion Sanders earlier, but it's been, you know, even before Deion came to Jackson State University, mm -hmm. um, it's been gaining uh, traction on like, you know, people kind of coming into, I want to say a certain level of consciousness mm -hmm. or wokeness about, you know, their lived um, black experience or lack thereof. Right. So for anybody who's unclear, which uh, if you're unclear about this, you've been under a rock. PWI is a predominantly white institution. And HBCUs is historically black colleges and universities. Okay. And so um, a lot of times I think when you are making the decision to go to college and your parents may or may not be uh, college graduates themselves, it's really like a toss-up. You know, it's like they're like, oh, we just want you to get an education. They're not extremely particular because they themselves didn't get an education um, or I should say um, at, a, at the collegiate level they could have you know high school diploma and stuff like that or some college hours but maybe they've never had the experience of stepping on our HBCU campus or they've never had an experience of just being on campus you know somebody might have went to San Jack or something like that in your family so I think it's important and I'm mainly speaking to like kids that are in high school or Parents who have kids in high school that ha don't have either experience PWI or HBCU, I can't begin to express um, the importance of being informed and knowing your child enough to make good suggestions about where they should go. Um, and, and that 
advice should be based on like, you know, what they're majoring in, what their, you know, what their interest, where their interest lies and their ability to, you know, be good students in certain environments. Like you just really want to set your kids up for a positive experience, especially if you know you have children who are of color who grew up in, um, you know, white areas, mm, white children. Mm, mm. Um, I've seen this with members of my family. I had, um, if you're from Houston, you know about the West U area, Bel Air area. So I've had cousins who grew up in that area and went to private schools. And one of them is now at Howard University. Um, the other one, I, I'm pretty sure she went to a, a PWI. But I think the youngest one who's having the experience at um, Howard I think her experience is much more enriched. And she always talks to me about um, the difference, you know, because it's uh, polar opposite coming from where she come from and then going into an HBCU. It's like an unmatched experience. And I think that if you don't inform or educate your kids about um, the experiences they can have at a historically black college or university, you're really doing them a, a disservice. And that's, you know, that's my personal experience. I, I couldn't have made a better decision about my initial choice in um, Prairie View a University. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same here. I, mean, I, mean, we, I could really go on for like a couple of hours about this topic. I have some, you know, anecdotal experience, and I'll probably get into one or so about um, me kind of choosing um, the uh, HBCU that I chose. Shout out to the illustrious uh, Prairie View a University. Um, PV? PVU, <laughs> you know. We got to understand the reasons that, you know, HBCUs exist to begin with is because we were not as people, quote unquote, of color or as black people. We not, were not allowed to attend um, most of these colleges and universities or PWIs um, back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these this these institutions provided an avenue for our people to go and get educated and become, you know, the professionals, the teachers and all of um, the doctors and engineers, agriculture, agriculture and yeah. everything that maybe we couldn't uh, get into those industries um, before. before, you know. And so, um, you know, that in itself, you know what I mean, is like a, a huge value add to our communities and that still continues to reap um, benefits um, and rewards. Um, so for me, um, going to uh, Prairie View, like I'm so glad that I um, ended up going there. Um, but I honestly, like I had an ignorance about HBCUs coming even though I went to predominantly black, uh, element, I, I, this is one of my favorite terms, historically black elementary, historically <laughs> black middle school, historically <laughs> black high school, and then ultimately a historically black uh, uh, college and university or whatever. And so, um, but even still, like what, I was- What historically black high school did you go to? I went to, man, the uh, Booker T. Washington oh, okay. uh, High School on Northside, Houston, Texas. It was okay, formerly known <laughs> as Old Color High. It's the actual first uh, high school in Houston that blacks could attend in the city. I just had to give that historical fact. Okay. You know, we're on the New Slaves podcast. So, okay. so we came out of slavery, and, and, and this is the first institution that allowed us to actually attend high school and graduate high school. All right. So shout out to Booker T uh, for that little known fact for a lot of folks. So um, but even still, I, I was like in like magnet programs mm -hmm. um, um, throughout um, starting in middle school and going into high school. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, these are like college prep schools and they're trying to get us, you know, geared up and um, ready, you know, for the next level, which was college. Um, and I had actually uh, made a decision, um, had applied, um, got accepted and, uh, you know, scholarships and the whole nine to two PWIs, which was the University of Texas um, in Austin and uh, University of Houston um, here in Houston. Okay. Um, 
And actually, I had not even applied to uh, Prairie View and um, uh, University. However, during part of the recruiting process and going visiting the campus and stuff like that, the year before I graduated, there was this huge controversy at uh, University of Texas. Um, the head or the dean of the College of Business uh, made this public statement saying that um, Latinos and blacks could not compete academically with whites. This is all on the news and all that kind of stuff. What year was this? This was like 95-ish. Okay. And so... Um, I'm revealing my age now. So, <laughs> but nonetheless, from that experience, I was like, hold up. So basically you're telling me I'm not going to succeed or that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not capable of competing mm. with my peers of another race. Mm. I was like, this is not the place for me. I didn't know what I was going to do immediately at that moment, but it's just kind of like how, how God works and um, how the universe works. Mm -hmm. um, um, that summer after my senior year, a friend of mine drove me up to Prairie View and um, pretty much uh, right there on the spot, I was able to get, set up in the, uh, there was a summer program called the Engineering and Science Concepts Institute at Prairie View. So basically it's a scholarship for you to take your first couple of engineering courses um, during that summer program. So it's this big enrichment program and just a scholarship to get your first couple of courses out the way. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a long story on how it happened or whatever, but a friend of mine, I essentially say I got kind of tricked into it. Um, and uh, he got me into the program. Basically, within a week, I was able to get enrolled and set up into that program. And That's literally, cool. the um, coordinator of the program said, go ahead and fill out this application. The program is full. And if something opens up, you know, I'll let you know. So literally, the next Thursday, that coordinator called me and said, pack your bags. You're coming to Prairie View. And literally, cool. I was going to Prairie View that next Monday for that summer. And, wow. and I still didn't intend to go the full uh, four years to Prairie View. I intended to just go to U of H in the fall since I had everything set up. And then um, that experience, though, um, there was like a lot of negative connotations with HBCUs at that time. Mm. And, and from our school, you know, there was a bunch of rumors. Oh, it's a party school or there was oh, yeah. rampant HIV and all that oh, kind of stuff yeah, they were I saying. Like, yeah. And I was like, OK, that's wild. OK, yeah. so it just wasn't on my radar. But when mm -hmm. I got there, there was I felt like I was at home. Yeah. And, um, and there's nothing that can match uh, that feeling. The closest thing I could Support. I could relate it to is like when I stepped foot on the continent, um, the motherland. When I stepped on the, the the soil of Africa, there was no greater feeling to me um, than that in my life. And when I was at Prairie View, I felt like I was home again. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, um, uh, fast forward, um, you know, I finish uh, Prairie View, and you know, turns out it's a great program for engineers and for nursing agriculture, um, amongst other things. And I honestly, honestly, the people that I ended up working with, they're my colleagues and my peers and, and my corporate side. Um, you know, you got Ivy Leaguers, people that went to Rice, uh, Brown, Dartmouth, um, you know, even Princeton and stuff like that. I'm, those are my colleagues. Mm. And they're not any more, you know what I mean, equipped to handle, you know, surviving in corporate America than I, than I was, in my opinion. So, Powerful. Yeah, so... It's a very abbreviated version of the story, um, but I was just wanted it? to. No, it wasn't, but I was trying to like shorten it as much as possible because I know we only got so much time. So that's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, for me, I just love to be on on the campus. Like the instructors I came across, it it, it did feel very familiar. Um, and it was you know I went to a program called Access, which is like a bridge program from high school to college that you pretty much take over the summer that you after you graduate high school. Met a lot of good friends there that I'm still friends with to, to this day. And um, it kind of helped 
prepare me for being on a college campus because we stayed on the college campus um, in the were we in the ninth? Were we not? I mean, were we in the freshman dorms? I think we freshman. I think we stayed in the freshman dorms. Yeah, we did. We stayed in the freshman dorms, and yeah, it was just a great experience. I can't. I'll be talking to you all day if I had to be specific. So all I'm saying is educate your children, give them a an option. Um, if you're a person of color, I would think you would naturally favor HBCUs when you're having these conversations. If not, just have the conversation and let your child choose freely. Yeah. And um, before we close this uh, segment out, I want to tell folks, this is from the SAF. This is not from the Danny. Don't put this on this, the Danny, the EQ, or the Potten. If you went to a PWI, keep a HBCU's name out your damn mouth. Ooh, shit's fire. And as I always say, <laughs> if it ain't sexy, it ain't savvy. And I'm going to um, let the... Um, Annabellum Antioch Men's Missionary Mass Choir take us out with a selection. The doors of the church are now open. Don't you <laughs> trust them new niggas over there? Don't you trust them new niggas over there? Don't you trust them new niggas with the fingers on the trigger? Trust them new niggas over there. Sing it for me one more time. Trust them new niggas over there. Oh, tell them about it. Trust them new niggas over there. Feel it in my soul. Don't you trust them new niggas yeah. with the spotted yeah. nigga figure? Yeah. Don't trust them new niggas. Fellas? Over. Over. That's a wrap.